This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Paradise Lost by John Milton. Book 9. Part 2. The Argument. The Proceedings of Sin and Death. God foretells the final victory of his Son over them, and the renewing of all things, but for the present commands his angels to make several alterations in the heavens and elements. Adam, more and more perceiving his fallen condition, heavily bewails, rejects the condolment of Eve. She persists, and at length appeases him. Then, to evade the curse likely to fall on their offspring, proposes to Adam violent ways, which he approves not, but conceiving better hope, puts her in mind of the late promise made them, that her seed should be revenged on the serpent, and exhorts her with him to seek peace of the offended deity by repentance and supplication. Meanwhile, in Paradise, the hellish pair too soon arrived, Sin, there in power before, once actual, now in body, and to dwell habitual habitant. Behind her death, close following, pace for pace, not mounted yet on his pale horse, to whom sin thus began. Second of Satan sprung, all-conquering death, what thinkst thou of our empire now, though earned with travail difficult? Not better far than still at hell's dark threshold to have sat watch, unnamed, undreaded, and thyself half-starved, whom thus the sin-born monster answered soon, to me who with eternal famine pine, alike is hell, or paradise, or heaven, there best where most with ravin I may meet, which here, though plenteous, all too little seems, to stuff this moor, this vast unhidebound corpse. To whom the incestuous mother thus replied, Thou therefore on these herbs and fruits and flowers feed first, on each beast next, and fish and fowl, no homely morsels, and whatever thing the scythe of time mows down, devour unspared, till I in man residing through the race, his thoughts, his looks, words, actions, all infect, and season him thy last and sweetest prey. This said, they both betook them several ways, both to destroy, or unimmortal make, all kinds, and for destruction to mature, sooner or later, which the Almighty seeing from his transcendent seat, the saints among, to those bright orders uttered thus his voice, See with what heat these dogs of hell advance, to waste and havoc yonder world, which I, so fair and good, created, and had still kept in that state, had not the folly of man let in these wasteful furies, who impute folly to me, so doth the prince of hell and his adherents, that with so much ease I suffer them to enter and possess a place so heavenly, and conniving seem to gratify my scornful enemies, that laugh as if transported with some fit of passion I to them had quitted all, at random yielded up to their misrule. And know not that I called and drew them thither, my hell-hounds, 
to lick up the draff and filth which man's polluting sin with taint hath shed on what was pure till crammed and gorged nigh burst with sucked and glutted offal at one sling of thy victorious arm well-pleasing sun both sin and death and yawning grave at last through chaos hurled obstruct the mouth of hell for ever and seal up his ravenous jaws then heaven and earth renewed shall be made pure to sanctity that shall receive no stain till then the curse pronounced on both proceeds he ended and the heavenly audience loud sung hallelujah as the sound of seas through multitude that sung just are thy ways righteous are thy decrees on all thy works who can extenuate thee next to the sun destined restorer of mankind by whom new heaven and earth shall to the ages rise or down from heaven descend such was their song while the creator calling forth by name his mighty angels gave them several charge assorted best with present things the sun had first his precept so to move so shine as might affect the earth with cold and heat scarce tolerable and from the north to call decrepit winter from the south to bring solstitial summer's heat to the blank moon her office they prescribed to the other five their planetary motions and aspects in sextile square and trine and opposite of noxious efficacy and when to join in synod unbenign and taught the fixed their influence malignant when to shower which of them rising with the sun or falling should prove tempestuous to the winds they set their corners when with blusters to confound sea air and shore the thunder went to roll with terror through the darker aerial hall some say he bid his angels turn askance the poles of earth twice ten degrees and more from the sun's axle they with labour pushed oblique the centric globe some say the sun was bid turn rains from the equinoctial road like distant breadth to taurus with the seven atlantic sisters and the spartan twins up to the tropic crab thence down amain by leo and the virgin and the scales as deep as capricorn to bring in change of seasons to each clime else had the spring perpetual smiled on earth with vernant flowers equal in days and nights except to those beyond the polar circles to them day had unbenighted shone while the low sun to recompense his distance in their sight had rounded still the horizon and not known of east or west which had forbid the snow from cold estotti land and south as far beneath magellan at that tasted fruit the sun as from thyestian banquet turned his course intended else how had the world inhabited though sinless more than now avoided pinching cold and scorching heat these changes in the heavens though slow produced like change on sea and land sidereal blast vapour and mist and exhalation hot corrupt and pestilent now from the north of norumbega and the samoyed shore bursting their brazen dungeon armed with ice and snow and hail and stormy gust and floor boreas and caecias and argestes loud and thrascias rend the woods and seas upturn with adverse blast upturns them from the south notus and Afa, black with thunderous clouds from seralionia 
Thwart of these as fierce forth rush the Levant and the Ponent winds, Eurus and Zephyr with their lateral noise, Sirocco and Libecco, Thus began outrage from liveless things, but discord first, daughter of sin, among the irrational death introduced through fierce antipathy. Beast now with beast gan war, and fowl with fowl, and fish with fish, to graze the herb all leaving devoured each other, nor stood much in awe of man, but fled him, or with countenance grim glared on him passing, these were from without the growing miseries which Adam saw already in part, though hid in gloomiest shade, to sorrow abandoned, but worse felt within, and in a troubled sea of passion tossed, thus to disburden sought with sad complaint. O oh, miserable of happy! Is this the end of this new glorious world, and me so late, the glory of that glory, who now become accursed of blessed, hide me from the face of God, whom to behold was then my height of happiness. Yet well if here would end the misery, I deserved it, and would bear my own deservings. But this will not serve. All that I eat or drink or shall beget is propagated curse. O voice once heard delightfully, increase and multiply, now death to hear. For what can I increase or multiply but curses on my head? Who of all ages to succeed, but feeling the evil on him brought by me, will curse my head? Ill fare our ancestor impure, for this we may thank Adam, but his thanks shall be the execration. So besides mine own that bide upon me, all from me shall with a fierce reflux on me redound, on me as on their natural centre light, heavy though in their place. O oh, fleeting joys of paradise, dear bought with lasting woes! Did I request thee, maker, from my clay to mould me man? Did I solicit thee from darkness to promote me, or here place in this delicious garden? As my will concurred not to my being, it were but right and equal to reduce me to my dust, desirous to resign and render back all I received, unable to perform thy terms too hard, by which I was to hold the good I sought not. To the loss of that sufficient penalty, why hast thou added the sense of endless woes? Inexplicable thy justice seems, yet to say truth too late I thus contest, then should have been refused those terms whatever, when they were proposed. Thou didst accept them, wilt thou enjoy the good, then cavil the conditions? And though God made thee without thy leave, what if thy son proved disobedient, and reproved retort? Wherefore didst thou beget me, I sought it not? Wouldst thou admit for his contempt of thee that proud excuse? Yet him not thy election, but natural necessity begot. God made thee of choice his own, and of his own to serve him. Thy reward was of his grace. Thy punishment then justly is at his will. Be it so, for I submit, his doom is fair, that dust I am, and shall to dust return. O welcome hour whenever! Why delays his hand to execute what his decree fixed on this day? Why do I overlive? Why am I mocked with death, and lengthened out to deathless pain? How gladly would I meet mortality my sentence, and be earth insensible! How glad would lay me down as in my mother's lap! There I should rest and sleep secure, his dreadful voice no more with thunder in my ears. No fear of worse to me and to my offspring would torment me with cruel expectation. Yet one doubt pursues me still, lest all I cannot die, 
lest that pure breath of life, the spirit of man which God inspired, cannot together perish with this corporeal clod, then in the grave or in some other dismal place, who knows, but I shall die a living death. Oh, thought horrid, if true! Yet why? It was but breath of life that sinned. What dies but what had life and sin? The body properly hath neither. All of me then shall die. Let this appease the doubt, since humane reach no further knows. For though the Lord of all be infinite, is his wrath also? Be it, man is not so, but mortal doomed. How can he exercise wrath without end on man whom death must end? Can he make deathless death that were to make strange contradiction, which to God himself impossible is held, as argument of weakness, not of power? Will he draw out for anger's sake finite to infinite in punished man, to satisfy his rigour, satisfied never, that were to extend his sentence beyond dust and nature's law, by which all causes else, according still to the reception of their matter, act, not to the extent of their own sphere. But say that death be not one stroke, as I supposed, bereaving sense, but endless misery from this day onward, which I feel begun both in me and without me, and so last to perpetuity. I me that fear comes thundering back with dreadful revolution on my defenceless head. Both death and I am found eternal, and incorporate both. Nor I on my part single, in me all posterity stands cursed. Fair patrimony that I must lead ye sons. Oh, were I able to waste it all myself and leave ye none. So disinherited, how would ye bless me now your curse? Ah, why should all mankind for one man's fault thus guiltless be condemned, if guiltless? But from me what can proceed, but all corrupt, both mind and will depraved, not to do only, but to will the same with me? How can they acquitted stand in sight of God? Him, after all disputes forced, I absolve, all my evasions vain and reasonings, though through mazes, leads me still but to my own conviction, first and last on me, me only, as the source and spring of all corruption, all the blame lights due, so might the wrath. Fond wish, couldst thou support that burden heavier than the earth to bear, than all the world much heavier, though divided with that bad woman? Thus what thou desirest and what thou fearest alike destroys all hope of refuge, and concludes thee miserable beyond all past example and future to Satan only like both crime and doom. O oh, conscience, into what abyss of fears and horrors hast thou driven me, out of which I find no way but deep to deeper plunged. Thus Adam to himself lamented loud through the still night, not now as ere man fell, wholesome and cool and mild, but with black air accompanied with damps and dreadful gloom, which to his evil conscience represented all things with double terror. On the ground outstretched he lay, on the cold ground, and oft cursed his creation, death as oft accused of tardy execution, since denounced the day of his offence. Why comes not death, said he, with one thrice acceptable stroke to end me? Shall truth fail to keep her word? Justice divine not hasten to be just? But death comes not at call, 
Justice divine mends not her slowest pace for prayers or cries. O woods, O fountains, hillocks, dales, and bowers, with other echo late I taught your shades to answer, and resound far other song. Whom thus afflicted, when sad Eve beheld, desolate where she sat, approaching nigh, soft words to his fierce passion she essayed, but her with stern regard he thus repelled. Out of my sight, thou serpent, that name best befits thee with him leagued, thyself as false and hateful. Nothing wants but that thy shape like his and colour serpentine may show, thy inward fraud, to warn all creatures from thee henceforth. Lest that too heavenly form, pretended to hellish falsehood, snare them. But for thee I had persisted happy, had not thy pride and wandering vanity, when least was safe, rejected my forewarning, and disdained not to be trusted, longing to be seen, though by the devil himself, him overweening to overreach. But with the serpent meeting, fooled and beguiled by him, thou, I by thee, to trust thee from my side, imagined wise, constant, mature, proof against all assaults, and understood not all was but a show rather than solid virtue, all but a rib, crooked by nature, bent as now appears, more to the part sinister from me drawn, well if thrown out as supernumerary to my just number found. Or oh, why did God, creator-wise, that peopled highest heaven with spirits masculine, create at last this novelty on earth, this fair defect of nature, and not fill the world at once with men as angels without feminine, or find some other way to generate mankind? This mischief had not then befallen, and more that shall befall, innumerable disturbances on earth, through female snares and straight conjunction with this sex, for either he never shall find out fit mate, but such as some misfortune brings him, or mistake, or whom he wishes most shall seldom gain through her perverseness, but shall see her gain by a far worse, or if she love, withheld by parents, or his happiest choice too late shall meet, already linked and wedlock bound, to a fell adversary, his hate or shame which infinite calamity shall cause to human life and household peace confound. He added not, and from her turned, but Eve, not so repulsed, with tears that ceased not flowing, and tresses all disordered, at his feet fell humble, and embracing them besought his peace, and thus proceeded in her plaint. Forsake me not thus, Adam, witness heaven what love sincere and reverence in my heart I bear thee, and unwitting have offended, unhappily deceived. Thy suppliant I beg and clasp thy knees, bereave me not whereon I live, thy gentle looks, thy aid, thy counsel in this uttermost distress, my only strength and stay, forlorn of thee, whither shall I betake me, where subsist? While yet we live, scarce one short hour, perhaps, between us two, let there be peace, both joining as joined in injuries, one enmity against a foe by doom express assigned us, that cruel serpent. On me exercise not thy hatred, for this misery befallen, on me already lost, me than thyself more miserable, both of sin, but thou against God only, I against God and thee, 
and to the place of judgment will return there with my cries importune heaven that all the sentence from thy head removed may light on me sole cause to thee of all this woe me me only just object of all his ire she ended weeping and her lowly plight immovable till peace obtained from fault acknowledged and deplored in adam wrought commiseration soon his heart relented towards her his life so late and sole delight now at his feet submissive in distress creature so fair his reconcilement seeking his counsel whom she had displeased his aid as one disarmed his anger all he lost and thus with peaceful words upraised her soon unwary and too desirous as before so now of what thou knowst not who desirest the punishment all on thyself. Alas, bear thine own first, ill able to sustain his full wrath, whose thou feel'st as yet least part, and my displeasure bear'st so ill. If prayers could alter high decrees, I to that place would speed before thee, and be louder heard, that on my head all might be visited, thy frailty and infirmer sex forgiven, to me committed and by me exposed. But rise, let us no more contend or blame each other, blamed enough elsewhere, but strive in offices of love how we may lighten each other's burden in our share of woe. Since this day's death denounced, if aught I see, will prove no sudden but a slow-paced evil, a long day's dying to augment our pain, and to our seed, O oh, hapless seed, derived. To whom thus Eve, recovering heart, replied, Adam, by sad experiment I know How little weight my words with thee confined, Found so erroneous, thence by just event, Found so unfortunate, nevertheless restored by thee, Vile as I am, to place of new acceptance, Hopeful to regain thy love, the sole contentment of my heart, Living or dying from thee, I will not hide What thoughts in my unquiet breast are risen, tending to some relief of our extremes, or end, though sharp and sad, yet tolerable, as in our evils, and of easier choice, if care of our descent perplex us most, which must be borne to certain woe, devoured by death at last, and miserable it is to be to others cause of misery, our own begotten, and of our loins to bring into this cursed world a woeful race, that after wretched life must be at last food for so foul a monster. In thy power it lies, yet ere conception, to prevent the race unblessed, to being yet unbegot. Childless thou art, childless remain, so death shall be deceived his glut, and with us too be forced to satisfy his ravenous more. But if thou judge it hard and difficult, conversing, looking, loving, to abstain from love's due rites, nuptial embraces sweet, and with desire to languish without hope before the present object languishing, with like desire which would be misery and torment less than none of what we dread, then both ourselves and seed at once to free from what we fear for both, let us make short, let us seek death, or he not found, supply with our own hands his office on ourselves. Why stand we longer shivering under fears that show no end but death, and have the power of many ways to die, the shortest choosing, destruction with destruction to destroy? She ended here, or vehement despair broke off the rest, so much of death her thoughts had entertained, as dyed her cheeks with pale, 
But Adam, with such counsel, nothing swayed, To better hopes his more attentive mind, Labouring had raised, and thus to Eve replied, Eve, thy contempt of life and pleasure Seems to argue in thee something more sublime and excellent Than what thy mind condemns, but self-destruction therefore sought refutes that excellence thought in thee, and implies not thy contempt, but anguish and regret for loss of life and pleasure overloved. Or if thou covet death as utmost end of misery, so thinking to evade the penalty pronounced, doubt not but God hath wisely armed his vengeful ire than so to be forestalled. Much more I fear, lest death so snatched will not exempt us from the pain we are by doom to pay. Rather, such acts of contumacy will provoke the highest to make death in us live. Then let us seek some safer resolution, which methinks I have in view, calling to mind with heed part of our sentence, that thy seed shall bruise the serpent's head, piteous amends, unless be meant, whom I conjecture, our grand foe, Satan, who in the serpent hath contrived against us this deceit, to crush his head would be revenge indeed, which will be lost by death brought on ourselves, or childish days resolved, as thou proposest. So our foe shall scape his punishment ordained, and we instead shall double ours upon our heads. No more be mentioned then of violence against ourselves and wilful barrenness, that cuts us off from hope and savours only, rancour and pride, impatience and despite, reluctance against God and his just yoke laid on our necks. Remember with what mild and gracious temper he both heard and judged, without wrath or reviling, we expected immediate dissolution, which we thought was meant by death that day, when, lo, to thee, pains only in childbearing were foretold, and bringing forth, soon recompensed with joy, fruit of thy womb. On me the cursor slope glanced on the ground, with labour I must earn my bread. What harm! Idleness had been worse. My labour will sustain me, and lest cold or heat should injure us, his timely care hath unbesought provided, and his hands clothed us unworthy, pitying while he judged. How much more, if we pray him, will his ear be open, and his heart to pity incline, and teach us further by what means to shun the inclement seasons, rain, ice, hail, and snow, which now the sky with various face begins to show us in this mountain, while the winds blow moist and keen, shattering the graceful locks of these fair spreading trees, which bids us seek some better shroud, some better warmth to cherish our limbs benumbed, ere this diurnal star leave cold the night, how we his gathered beams reflected may with matter sear foment, or by collision of two bodies grind the air a trite to fire, as late the clouds jostling, or pushed with winds, rude in their shock, tine the slant lightning, whose thwart flame, driven down, kindles the gummy bark of fir or pine, and sends a comfortable heat from far, which might supply the sun, such fire to use, and what may else be remedy or cure to evils which our own misdeeds have wrought. He will instruct us, praying and of grace beseeching him, so as we need not fear to pass commodiously this life, sustained by him with many comforts, till we end in dust, our final rest and native home. What better can we do, than to the place repairing where he judged us, prostrate fall before him reverent, 
and there confess humbly our faults and pardon beg with tears watering the ground and with our sighs the air frequenting sent from hearts contrite in sign of sorrow unfeigned and humiliation meek undoubtedly he will relent and turn from his displeasure in whose look serene when angry most he seemed and most severe what else but favour grace and mercy shone so spake our father penitent nor eve felt less remorse they forthwith to the place repairing where he judged them prostrate fell before him reverent and both confessed humbly their faults and pardon begged with tears watering the ground and with their sighs the air frequenting sent from hearts contrite in sign of sorrow unfeigned and humiliation meek end of part 2 of book 9 of paradise lost by john milton